Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. Character, true character, the life of virtue and strength is a joyful, triumphant celebration of God's grace. Gratitude and contentment are the answers of true character to the discontented, unhappy spirit of this age. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. Today, I'm going to be teaching on gratitude. This is the 10th and final in a series that I've been teaching based on a book I wrote some years ago called Character Matters. We've been discussing virtues across this whole series, and today is one of my very favorite ones, one of the most powerful, and it is gratitude. Now, I not only want you to hear this uh, episode, but I hope that you will go back. All of these episodes are archived. I hope you'll listen to the whole series. I also hope that you will subscribe, rate it, review it, and that it'll be a blessing to you. Beyond that, though, I also want you to have the book, Character Matters. At the end of this podcast, the announcer is going to come on and tell you how you can receive Character Matters just by making a contribution to our girls' homes. Here at Global Servants, we fully support two girls' homes, one in Southeast Asia and one in West Africa, where we are making an investment in the lives of little girls. What we always say is we're saving little girls for big destinies, not only saving them from sex trafficking, we are also saving them for an important destiny, and you can be a part of those little girls' lives and receive this book. So stay tuned at the end of the podcast and learn how you can save little girls for big destinies and receive Character Matters. Now, today we're considering gratitude. Let me tell you an interesting story that not very many people know. Catherine Kuhlman's evangelistic ministry was just beginning to find a wide public platform when she was blindsided by what might very well have derailed her. Though separated for years from her first husband, she was not seeking a divorce. When he sued for divorce in Arizona, she was an extended and very powerfully anointed crusade in Franklin, Ohio. If word of the divorce had hit the front page, the crusade would have been derailed and Catherine Kuhlman's ministry might have been finished. That may not be so much today, but remember this was 1948, a divorced single female evangelist, probably wasn't possible. The papers were served, the divorce papers were served by the county sheriff personally, and she was devastated. Her past had erupted into her present with the power to destroy her future. With a trembling hand, she received the papers from the sheriff, but when she looked into his eyes, Catherine Kuhlman was shocked to find tender mercy in his eyes. That tough sheriff smiled at her affectionately, and here's what he said. My office ordinarily releases the names of all divorce suits to the local newspaper, he told her, but I have been attending your services, and I'm convinced God sent you to this crime-riddled county for a special purpose. There is no need for anyone but the two of us to know what has happened. 
God bless you and your ministry among us. I am your servant. The young female preacher was overcome with gratitude. She told that burly peace officer, I will be grateful to you for the rest of my life. Seven years later, when the news of her divorce finally broke in the Akron newspaper, it was old news. Her ministry was far too strong for the story to do much damage. And the sheriff who had given her the time that had allowed her to live past that was never forgotten. Every year until the day of his death, many people don't know this, every year until the day of his death, nearly a quarter of a century later, that big burly sheriff received an expensive flower arrangement on his birthday. The card always read the same way, with gratitude from Catherine Kuhlman. One of the books I enjoyed most in my early days of reading was Lilies of the Field. It was in a, a one book in a series of books about a black carpenter, an itinerant black carpenter named Homer Smith. The most famous of those books, Lilies of the Field, was later immortalized in the cinema, Sidney Poitier, who for his role won an Academy Award for Best Actor in 1963. It was a great book, and it was an, probably an even greater movie. Homer Smith was not a particularly educated man, but he was a Christian man with a great deal of wisdom. In Lilies of the Field, the other main character was a German mother superior shepherding a small band of four or five nuns in the desert of New Mexico. Hoping to build a church there in the desert, this curmudgeonly old nun was working her fingers to the bone and praying that God would send her some means to get her chapel built. When Homer Smith drove up in his battered station wagon, she was convinced that he was the instrument of God. The crotchety old German nun had badgered, cajoled, coaxed, tricked Homer Smith into building her church, and he did. Despite all that, however, she refused to tell Smith, thank you. Near the end of the book, by the use of an English lesson, Homer Smith tricks the old nun into saying, Thank you for the first time in her life. To man, woman, or child, she said thank you, and she found it a jolting experience. Gratitude is not only among the very highest virtues, it is synonymous with the deepest and most profound elements of scriptural holiness. Gratitude is of that spiritual universe that includes humility and contentment and praise. Gratitude is diametrically opposed to pride. Some years ago, I was counseling a teenager who had been raised from infancy by his grandparents. The boy's father had been killed in an automobile accident, and subsequently his mother disappeared. The grandparents had been doing all they could for him at great expense to themselves. It's difficult for anyone to raise a teenager, and people in their 60s and 70s ought not to have to go through it a second time around, but they did, and they did it willingly. For several years, he rewarded them with unfathomable rebellion, anger, and sin until he made his grandparents absolutely miserable, and that's when I started the counseling. I told him at one point, they did not have to take you in. You could have gone to an orphanage. You could have been a ward of the court. You could have bounced around in, in the court system of this state. 
and been abused by strangers. They got up with you in the middle of the night. They changed your diapers. They fed you. They clothed you. They raised you at great sacrifice to themselves rather than enjoying their retirement years themselves. Nobody would have blamed them if they had just said, we can't handle it at our age. And I said to him, what do you say to that? He replied bitterly, do you think this is the first time I've ever thought of that? I know what they've done. What am I supposed to do, he said, spend the rest of my life saying thank you? Well, yes, <laughs> yes, a thousand times yes, you're supposed to spend the rest of your life saying thank you. All of us are, everyone, we're supposed to spend our lives saying thank you. That is what real life, an expression of gratitude to God is all about. Yes, we are supposed to spend the rest of our lives, every waking moment, saying thank you. That is what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1. Listen to this. I consider myself to be in debt, both to the Greek and to the non-Greek. I am indebted to the whole world. I am in debt to God. Romans 1, 14. When I consider my own life, I must ask, who am I? to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. These are the same feet that hurried to do sin. Weren't my hands covered with blood? Single-handedly, I very nearly destroyed my family and myself. God scooped me up out of the gutter of the universe and hosed me down and filled me with the Holy Spirit. He gave me back my soul and my sanity. He gave me another chance and another chance and another chance with my family and allowed me the privilege to preach the word of his kingdom. It's amazing. Yes, I'm going to spend the rest of my life saying thank you. My life is a thank you. The reason we resist the life of unending gratitude is fear that thank you implies responsibility. What the corrupt character wants is to be free from the responsibility to in any way, quote unquote, pay some of it back. The great tragedy of the affluent West is its pathetic ingratitude. Ingrates, the affluent who think that somehow or another they deserve it all, are part of the horror of the contemporary West. Ingratitude is in general not a sin of the poor but of the rich. Isn't that an odd paradox? Look at us. A kid who has never had anything and has no hope of having anything, who wakes up cold every morning of his life in a tar paper shack, is likely to be grateful for the apple he gets at Christmas. The kid who wakes up every morning of his life in a half million dollar house, who has never worked a day in his life, who puts hundreds of dollars worth of clothes on his well-scrubbed back every morning and is driven to a private school that somebody else is paying for, complains about the laptop he gets for Christmas because it does not have all the bells and whistles he wanted. I remember one Christmas season in Ghana many years ago when Ghana was in a terrible, terrible time. The borders were closed. There was no food in the stores. The people were literally hungry. As I was there living in Ghana at that time and ministering, I was staying at the home of a college president, a sophisticated, educated Ghanaian trapped in a nation on the brink of a nightmare. And I learned so much about gratitude. At that time, as I said, there was nothing in Ghana. 
The shelves on the grocery stores were empty. The people were hungry. Christmas Eve also happened to be the birthday of his eldest son, a senior at the father's college. No one had a single present to give him, and I had very little with me. I was actually living as they were living in their house. When they went hungry, I went hungry. But I wanted to give that boy something for his birthday. I took a used T-shirt out of my luggage. I washed it and folded it and put it in a box with an American $10 bill and wrapped it with plain brown paper. At supper, I handed the boy this modest little gift. And if I live to be a hundred, I will never forget that college student weeping with gratitude over a used T-shirt and a $10 bill in American money. There's a terrifying verse of scripture in the book of Proverbs, the 30th chapter, verses 15, 16. Let me just read it to you. The horse leech has two daughters, crying, give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not, it is enough. The grave and the barren womb and the earth that is not filled with water and a fire that saith not, it is enough. The daughters of the horse leech are never satisfied. They never say thank you. They continue to demand more and more blood. Never satisfied, never grateful, never content. Their possessive lust is a bottomless pit. Ingratitude, a curse to everyone it touches, is a corrupting habit that destroys character. The child taken for ice cream complains because there's no chocolate sprinkles on top. Nothing is ever quite right. Nothing is ever quite enough. Parents save and sacrifice to take their children on vacation, and the children think that somehow that is just their desserts in life. It seldom dawns on them that one, out of love for their parents, their parents are spending, and two, it may actually be the worst day of their parents' lives traipsing around a theme park. Even less frequently does it occur to American children that this is something for which they actually ought to be grateful. At a funeral I preached years ago, one of the truly discouraging moments of my ministry, a lovely Christian woman, an elderly lady who had died suddenly, left behind a husband who was not strong in the Lord and who had only attended the church a few times. Her casket was literally blanketed in the most beautiful roses I've ever seen in my life. I commented to the husband who was standing at the head of the casket, I have never seen roses like this. These are beautiful. Where did they come from? He said, I bought them. He said, you know, preacher, Margaret loved roses. She was a real sentimental sort of woman. She always wanted me to buy her roses. Buy me some roses. Buy me some roses, she always used to say. Well, he said, I'm not really into that sort of thing. I never did buy her any roses. I guess I just didn't want to waste the money and time on that stuff. But he said brightly, I'm making it up to her now. That fool. He was not making it up to her. He was pouring salve on his own conscience. Husbands, buy the roses now. Don't lean over a coffin and say the words you always meant to say. Tell her now how wonderful she is. Tell her now how much you love her. Children, do not face the day that your mother says, Daddy isn't coming home from work today. Something terrible happened at the office. Tell your dad thank you now. Tell your mother how grateful you are. 
we must also tell God. We must get specific with God. Instead of complaining about the rain, thank God that you're alive. Instead of complaining about your husband, thank God that you're not lonely. Instead of complaining about having to wear this or that kind of shirt, thank God that you have a shirt. Gratitude is a learned way of life. It is the open hand instead of the clenched fist. It is saying yours and not mine. It is the spirit of Jesus and not the spirit of the world. Character is not built by just grimly obeying the rules. It is learned by celebrating the joy of God's grace. Character lived or taught in a rules-oriented method destroys joy. The celebration of character development is not a burdensome duty, nor is it the lash of cruel taskmaster beating us because we don't have any character. There is joy and meaning to be found in serving God who has given us more than we could ever pay back. The character to live in celebrational gratitude is the key to happy significance. Character, true character, the life of virtue and strength is a joyful, triumphant celebration of God's grace. Gratitude and contentment are the answers of true character to the discontented, unhappy spirit of this age. The voice of the world is the voice of the horse leech, crying more, more, more. Character, godly character, looks up at the bleeding, dying form of Christ on the cross and humbly acknowledges, it is more than I deserve. I hope you've enjoyed this series on Character Matters. I hope you enjoyed this episode on gratitude. And I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that you listen to this podcast. And I'm grateful that you want to help our little girls. Listen now as the announcer tells you how you can help little girls on two continents find their destiny. Until we meet again, this has been The Leader's Notebook, and I'm Mark Rutland. Wow, another great episode of The Leader's Notebook. Hello, I'm Ronnie Brannon, the Chief of Staff at Global Servants. And as Dr. Rutland said, we want to send you your copy of his book, Character Matters. You can receive your copy by contributing any amount to Global Servants through our Secure Give app on our website. Go to globalservants.org, click the Donate button, and then click Give Online. And then leave your contribution under the Podcast Gift tab. Next, please click Add a Message and include your name, email address, and the mailing address where you would like your book delivered. As soon as your donation is processed, we'll send you an email confirming the delivery address, and we'll get your book in the mail to you by the next business day. Again, thank you for subscribing to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland and helping make a difference for those around the world and helping save little girls for big destinies. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.